Welcome to the B-Side Podcast, dedicated to sharing flip side stories in country music, concerts, and travel. Your hosts, Stacy and Andy Best, take you behind the scenes to meet the amazing team that supports your current favorite country artists and introduce you to new up-and-coming artists. You'll meet a cast of incredible friends Stacy and Andy have encountered during their adventures following the music, and you'll be entertained with their extraordinary backstories. We're glad you're here and hope you enjoy this episode of the B-Side Podcast. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Today we're excited to talk to an amazing soulful singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. His name is Kenny P. He's well known for his southern bluesy storyteller style and was also a feature contestant on NBC's The Voice. Welcome Kenny P. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. No, we definitely want to thank you uh, for coming on the OB-Side podcast. And I guess I'll kick it off reading through some of the research I was doing on you. I was curious to know, it looks like you grew up in Cleveland. I didn't know if you were born in Cleveland, but you're really, well, I say you're really close to us. You're about as close to Nashville as Cleveland is to us <laughs> right now. But it sounds oh, like okay. you're Ohio born and raised. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I grew up uh, in Lake County, so uh, a little bit east of Cleveland. But Yeah, great. So I have to ask a sports question, right? Because this is a music <laughs> podcast, but you got to throw sports in somewhere. Yeah. So uh, Indians, Browns? At 100%. Gotcha. Well, Cleveland's yeah. uh, looking pretty good on the football field now, but my Bengals, oh my God. Uh, we, we got to... so excited. <laughs> we used to be kind of neck and neck pretty bad, but now yeah. I think the Bengals are just bad right now. So we got I'm just glad the Steelers are going to be bad this year. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Okay, we all agree on that. Well, we're in northern Kentucky. I don't think we we shared that with you. So we're about what three and a half, four hours away yep. um, from Nashville, and probably about the same amount away of distance. To yeah, it's like totally about four hours <laughs> north. We go to Cleveland. Four hours south, we go to Nashville. Because in Newport, close uh, Fort Wright. Okay. Yeah. Not not too far. Right across the bridge. I yeah, yeah, I've been to Newport uh, a couple times, or a couple times, yeah. Um, one time to see my buddy Buck McCoy, who plays down here in Nashville, and he was playing there on New Year's when we lived up in Cleveland, and we're like, we're driving down, we're going to go see Buck, and it was a great time. I was curious when I, when I read that you're from Cleveland, and I think we get a little spoiled being in Nashville a lot that we are, and obviously you living in Nashville now that you go into any bar there's live music playing all the time, no matter if you're in a bar or a barbecue joint mm -hmm. or I say a grocery store, maybe that's a little out there, but probably not Mexican place. There's uh, probably you know. a few grocery stores around here. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, we love live music, but you know, when you say Cleveland, obviously you got the rock and roll hall of fame. You grew up in Cleveland, you're a musician. How, how do you rate the music scene in Cleveland these days or when you were growing up versus obviously Nashville's probably sort of the Mecca of it all, but how you compare and contrast when you came from Cleveland down to Nashville? Well, you know, it's, um, it's a lot different. Although, I mean, the music scene in Cleveland is great. Uh, I know I still keep in touch with a ton of people in bands up there and it's, it's thriving. I mean, there's fantastic musicians in Cleveland and people that have come out of Cleveland I mean, Nashville, you know, most of the people who are here playing music are from other places too. So it's kind of just the best of all over kind of get together 
in one place and it makes a really awesome scene but i mean i I love the music scene in cleveland there's there's live music everywhere every night of the week not necessarily every bar all day every day like here in nashville but uh there's tons of live music it's it's a great town for music well you know in nashville you can go in a bar at 12 o'clock on noon and get live music but other places in the country Sometimes you have to wait until nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. So for yeah. when you get a little older, it's easier to go to Nashville because you can day drink and listen to live music versus <laughs> right. other places. <laughs> so true. Yeah, Nashville, unless you go to an island and you want to listen to reggae. Right. Which is fine too. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably coming. Yes, right, right. In Cleveland, how, how did you get into music? How did you even get your, your start? Oh man, I uh, I grew up, my you know, with my whole family's musical. You know, we started uh, when I was even a little kid. My sister was like the best singer in the world, and everybody just raved about her. And I was always, you know, trying to trying to be just like her. My my grandfather plays the accordion. Now he plays the button box. Uh, my dad's a banjo player. My aunt and uncle have been in a band for my entire life, and I was actually in the band with them and my sister for about six years. We were in a band up in Cleveland before we moved down here to Nashville. And then everything else that goes along with being in bands in high school and like actual high school band, any choir I could get into. I mean, I was in five different choirs all at the same time growing up, like four in school. And then I was in the Singing Angels, which is a, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a semi-professional uh, children's chorus that they travel the world. We've been to 93 different countries sang for various presidents i personally got to sing at the pentagon wow um, yeah they performed Amazing. with like celine dion and it's i mean it's it's legit <laughs> i was lucky enough to be a part of that for about seven years as a kid that's amazing yeah no kidding i did read a little bit about that there are 200 or so members of the yeah. group yeah that's really Impressive. Yeah, and then I think there's another hundred in the training chorus as well, usually. Wow. Is that something you auditioned for? How did you get into that? Are yeah. they based out of Cleveland? I'm assuming yeah, they're not. based out of oh, Cleveland. Yeah. You know, their, their headquarters, at least when I was in it, was the Cleveland Masonic Temple. And uh, yeah, I, I auditioned when I was uh, 11 years, 11 years old. You've been perform- performing quite a long time then. <laughs> Yeah, ever, I've been singing since I could talk. <laughs> I noticed that you went to Arizona State, but that was for a it was for a music theater and vocal performance was my major. Was your thought process going into musical theater and opera? Is that something that you want to pursue, or was sort of the getting into more of the I don't know if I want to call it mainstream music, but more of whatever category you were going to go into, whether it be rock or punk or country? Now, was that your thought process? Because that's a little different, yeah. correct? Yeah, uh, that was the original idea. Um, You know, I did musicals growing up. You know, I was Tony in West Side Story. And then, you know, I was in show choir and we did all the shows and all kinds of musicals. And that was the, that was the plan. That was the dream, you know, finish um, Arizona State, go to New York and uh, just try, try that out. And, you know, I ended up, once I got into the program and I met a lot of the people, just at that point, it didn't really click. It didn't really gel anymore. And it just kind of wasn't really what I wanted to do once I got there. 
then it just kind of transitioned into I I just enjoyed playing uh, in bands and and singing with you know my friends and my fr family and, and getting out there and performing and kind of doing my own thing, which uh, ultimately I mean I I love it <laughs> you know I get to play music for a living get to write my own songs and it's 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 great sounds like you're your style kind of changed over time. Uh, what would you say your musical influences have been just throughout your your journey since 11 years old, Ooh. or maybe even before? Oh man, so many. <laughs> you know, I grew up, you know, we grew up in 4-H, you know, riding horses and, uh, you know, competing it at, uh, you know, state levels. So, I mean, we were always in the country scene, you know, growing up, Back then, it was 90s country, so it was like Travis Tritt, Vince Gill, Brooks and Dunn, uh, Garth Brooks, you know, just, and then getting older, you know, learning, learning about rock and roll, and, and uh, then, you know, new rock came out, and, you know, then punk rock, and just, I've, I've loved everything, you know, I mean, Taking Back Sunday was a huge, like, obsession of mine for a long time, uh, Weezer. Uh, bands like that and then you know discovering Frank Sinatra, Michael Buble, and Elton John and, and Billy Joel and it, it all has hit me differently and at different times in my life and it's really I mean I've got influences of everybody in there you know I mean I love singing soul music and I love playing southern rock and country and and I don't know. I, I love everything, but I've, I've had a ton of different influences at different times. I, I need to go back to obviously you're a professional singer and a songwriter, but particularly and we'll get to your experience on the voice in a minute. But as a singer, when when I hear that you went to school for musical theater or opera. But obviously you've been into several different genres and categories, your influence are, are broad and wide as a singer, though, is. What do you have to do to kind of get in those lanes a little bit, if that makes sense? Because opera is a totally different, probably technical skill or musical theater is probably a little bit more of a technical skill when it comes to singing versus rock, country, punk. Now, yeah. was there a transition there? How does that work? I'm always curious well, as to how that works. Well, you know, in high school, we were in rock bands and punk bands and emo bands. But uh, like I said, I was also in choirs. So I had, you know, formal vocal training uh, going on from the time when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. You know, one of my my biggest mentors uh, was uh, my my high school uh, choir teacher. His his name was actually James Brown, and, uh, <laughs> but he was this incredible choral director and could sing opera like like you wouldn't believe. And he taught me so much and helped me you know, develop my voice and developed uh, the right breathing techniques. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're singing rock and roll or if you're singing country, if you're singing opera, if you have those, you know, right breathing techniques and singing techniques, then it'll, it overflows. I mean, the more the, of that that you have, the better it's going to be. And I was lucky to have that. I mean, especially, you know, with Singing Angels and between him and the, and the time I spent at Arizona State, it was just, I couldn't have asked for better training and, and hopefully I'm implementing as much as I can into it. I'm sure there's a lot of things I forgot nowadays, you know, it's been a few years since, 
formal training and we all develop bad habits, but uh, it's trying to remember the good stuff and trying to make sure that I, that I put that into whatever I'm doing. That, that's like with everything else, right? You take those good parts, whether you're getting training in sales or marketing, whatever, and you kind of collect all these little nuggets to kind of form what's, what's important to you and utilize those skill sets. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah exactly. What about your experience in Nashville? So making your way from Cleveland to Nashville, that's a pretty significant change like we kind of touched on earlier, but how's your experience uh, been in Nashville and, and what, what do you love about it? Oh man, I'd love Nashville. Um, we moved, we have been here a few times, you know, obviously before, before we moved, um, my wife and I, you know, when we got married, that was, that was our dream. That was the plan. You know, I'd been playing, we were running jam nights and open mics and, you know, basically playing music five nights a week on top of working, you know, 60 hour a week jobs. What we were doing in, in Cleveland was kind of like, this is, you know, this is the highest it's ever going to get right here. We're kind of capped out. You know, we were the, our band was voted best band in Cleveland. It was fantastic and great. And I loved it. But we just kind of wanted to see, you know, what we could do in Nashville, being down here and seeing so many great musicians and great bands, obviously just knowing about Nashville in general, like that's where you go. It's Music City, you know, so we so we built a tiny house. You know, I quit my job. I quit all my gigs. My wife took a, a $15,000 a year pay cut. And so I go, I don't know how long it's going to take me to you know, get a gig here, start making money. So what are we going to do? Nashville's not a cheap place to live. I mean, it's not San Francisco expensive, but it's getting close. It seems like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's getting up there, but uh, it's, it's definitely more than Cleveland. And uh, especially, you know, taking pay cuts, having no jobs lined up. And uh, I was lucky enough that, Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we built a tiny house out of pocket with our savings. We spent all our money building this tiny house. We could bring it down here. House is paid off. We've got a place to live no matter what. Perfect. (laughs) We get it down here. And I was lucky enough that, you know, a couple weeks in, I got an audition at Tootsie's, you know, Tootsie's world famous Orchid Lounge. I got in and uh, I got there and I remember the guy who was the audition, which uh, they do, it's an open mic. So there's a house band and they bring people up and they give you a couple songs. He goes, um, if, if he likes you, he'll put you to work. And I'm like, all right, I hope he likes me then. And at this point, I didn't play very much country at all. You know, my repertoire was maybe a handful of songs that I actually played some Garth Brooks. And, um, you know, I, there was, I could play Mama Tried by Merle Haggard. So I just picked a couple songs and I was like, okay, do you guys know this? And they're like, yes, we know everything. This is Nashville. I'm like, oh, okay. That's not intimidating at all. <laughs> um, and my wife's hyping up the crowd. She's like, this is my husband right here. This is my husband. Oh, and I love it. This is the day before our one year anniversary. And uh, so I get up and I do my thing and I, I do another song and he goes, hey, man, do you got another song? And I'm like, I, I, I I guess I could try. What what song does he want me to do? And they're like, "Devil Went Down to Georgia." I'm like, "I've got Devil Went Down to Georgia." <laughs> yes, everybody knows that song. Yeah, <laughs> so so we did it, and uh, he goes, "Hey man, uh, I want you to come back here tomorrow 
at uh, at 11 a.m. You're you're playing. Wow. Like, okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's do it. And uh, you know, I had steady work for five and a half years until COVID hit and everything shut. But I mean, you know, I was playing 400 shows a year. Wow. You know, between 350 and 400 shows a year because we're playing, you know, six days a week, twice a day sometimes. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. I know a lot of people who will play three, four gigs a day. I personally can't do it. I'll blow my voice out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but you got drummers and you got bass players and guitar players who just, you know, they've got the the energy to do that. I'm like, I, I can't do 16 hours. That's that's hard at any job. Yeah. You know, Particularly like, when you're singing. Yes. Yeah. Singing and, you know, drinking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep like high energy. and. <clears throat> yeah. And then like the last year and a half of it, you know, I was, I was like, I'm going to try and keep it at, you know, no more than a show a day, except for maybe a couple acoustic gigs downtown and stuff. I mean, it just, it gets crazy. It just snowballed so fast into getting so busy. Yeah, man, I was, I was really lucky to just get work right off the bat and great. I mean, at a great place, you know, I played at Tootsie's and Honky Tonk Central and, and Rippies. Uh, I played at Kid Rocks when they opened it up. You know, I've played at other places on, on Broadway too, you know, Legends Corner. And, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of people because of it too, because people come from all over the world to Nashville, you know, that's gotten me gigs in like Muscle Shoals, and all these really cool places in Atlanta and Houston and Indiana, Illinois. And it's just, it's been amazing. Well, when you kick it off at Tootsie's, it's probably it's pretty good. a good sign <laughs> that you're, you're going to be busy. And I have no idea how we haven't run into you before. How have we Maybe not we have. We seen just, Kenny Pete? No, I don't you know. remember. You remember. would remember. Yeah, I agree. You'd have seen the mustache. It was yeah. bigger and curlier than this, but I just I trimmed it accidentally too too much the other day. But. Yeah, you got it. You got a style. And that's it. You got to have that signature, and you're right. We would have probably yes, we, yeah, for sure. We love the your branding and your your logo and all your merch is so so cool on brand. We, with your we got the logo. We got the logo by accident actually. Uh, when I was on the Voice, um, our friends back home they. Uh, own a place called local tavern that was kind of like our home base you know we hosted jam nights and you know we got number one open mic in cleveland that we hosted there uh but they were you know they became family because they they actually built the place was built but there was never a, a bar that could keep up in the spot that it was in and right when we moved in we were so excited we were like bar within walking distance this is gonna be awesome and it closed before we moved in and <laughs> About a month later, maybe two months, I'm not sure exactly, uh, we see a sign that says coming soon, local tavern. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. Well, a couple weeks in, we start talking to him. I'm like, well, if you're ever interested in doing music, he's like, yes. Just tell me how much I need to pay you, what, what you need from me, and let's do it. I'm like, I love this place already. And they ended, <laughs> up, they ended up becoming family. I mean, you know, they opened up three or four different ones. We ran all the music there, booked the bands for them. Um, and not just that, I mean, you know, we'd hang out outside of it as well. You know, they came to our wedding and you know, just, it, it's, it, it was amazing. And, and so many bands got started by playing at our jam nights and we got to meet so many just amazing musicians and give people their, you know, their first shot playing Alex. People would show up and they're like, I've never played in front of people before. I've only played in my bedroom. We're like, well, come on out. 
come on, get up on the stage. Give us, give us three songs. What do you got? That's great. I'll come up with you if you want, you know, I can sing harm. And we, that was a great thing about jam night too, is, um, you know, we had a full band set up, but if somebody wanted to play acoustic, let them play acoustic. That's what they want. But, um, a lot of people are like, well, I'd, I'd love to get a little experience playing with other people. We're like, well, we got a drummer right here. He'll play with you. Uh, what songs are you doing? Let's see what we can figure out. It was, that was a pretty surreal experience. That's a good setup for Nashville too, right? Because just, there's so much mixing and matching going on there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you're trying to find your band. Because, you know, when you're brand new, all the good musicians are taken. I mean, for... You know what I mean? Like bass yeah. players are insanely hard to find because they're so important. Drummers, guitar, I mean, everybody. It's just, you know, the good ones are already in. And once you get a little bit and you can get somebody to play with you and they like you, then they're like, okay. Then they pass your name on to the other guys. They're like, this guy's, this guy's legit. So, and then you can really put together a good band. I lucked out on accidentally getting put together with my guitar player one day playing acoustic about six months after being here. And we played together for the next five years. <laughs> he still he's, he played on the new song. You know, I mean. Oh, that's great. That is great. That is a good, you, you kind of beat me to the punch. I was thinking that's like a great segue to go from your experience in Cleveland and helping other artists out. Because that seems to be the theme. We talked to other uh, artists down in Nashville, particularly in the on Broadway and that scene where, you know, you don't want to step on people's toes. Everybody's, you know, family. Everybody's trying to get to the same place. But. Well, I'm sure it's competitive. It seems like people are there for each other and helping people out. And those and those relationships you build with those people that could come back to you, right? Full circle. Absolutely. That, that yeah. and I think I'm trying to remember this stuck with me. It's like how you treat people down there. That's probably the number one thing is you don't burn your bridges. You 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 make friends and you don't create enemies because how you get gigs is this guy met you at or this girl met you somewhere liked you you record to each other likes the way you play so this person recommends you for this other person looking for a guitar player or singer absolutely and it's, it's, it's I, like yeah it's unbelievable all you've got is your reputation and yeah. um if, if you start burning your bridges you're not going to get gigs and you know if you do they're not going to be good ones you're not going to make any money uh <laughs> you know it, and it's hard it's hard to find a good band that you that gel with you know i mean it took years to find our bass player who unfortunately because of COVID had to move back to Texas and then you know my drummer Mike who's who's a one of one of my best friends you know we actually wrote the new single together he produced it you know he played drums on it um I had a note in here by the way because I, I noted that a drummer actually helped you write the song and I was like yes finally the drummer gets some yeah. credit <laughs> yeah he's a he's a drummer he's a marine he plays a little <laughs> of everything he writes music he records music uh he's a he's an all-around hard hitter everywhere too and he's a, and he's just a great guy a funny guy you know the the best that you know he he's believes in me as well you know that's why you know he's like i'll produce this i want to i want to put this album out with you i want to see what we could do together i think i think ghosts Along the highway, I think it's a phenomenal song. I think it's one of the best songs I've ever been a part of. And um, Mike's a huge reason for that. Fantastic. I love it. I love him. Before We definitely want to talk to you about Ghosts Along the Highway. But before we do that, so you're in Nashville, and then an opportunity comes up 
to be a contestant on The Voice. How does that happen? Do you just see the audition? Do you do you just kind of show up? How, how did well, that all come into play? Well, uh, the first time we ever came to Nashville was actually we saw that American Idol was having auditions here. Mm -hmm. And I had already done like the American Idol cattle call thing when I was 17. They came to Cleveland. You know, then we saw that one. It was in Nashville. I had done the cattle call thing for The Voice in Detroit. So I had done it a few times, you know, where you wait in line for 12 hours and they give you a number and then it's another 10 hours before you even see a producer, which isn't even close to where the judges are. Like there's so much that happens before they even show you on TV. So I was, I was honestly, I was over it at that point. I'm like, I've done this too many times. It's too much heartbreak. And, and it's just a lot of, you know, it's mentally draining and spiritually draining. I was playing at, uh, at Rippy's uh, on fifth and Broadway here in Nashville, playing with uh, acoustic with, um, you know, my, my, my guitar player, Paul Scroy and my, my friend, Tara Lynn, who actually I think has been on your show. Yeah. She's <laughs> Love her. And the, one of the producers was in the audience and he, he actually talked to my wife first and, and he goes, Hey, I'd like to talk to him about coming in audition for the voice. He's like, well, good luck. He's kind of, he's kind of over it. I was like, well, I'm going to talk to him anyway. And he comes up and he goes, Hey man, uh, I'm from the voice. And I'm like, no, thanks, man. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> <he's> like, <laughs> I'm good. Well, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I've done, I've done it before. I'm not doing the whole thing. He's like, no, 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 this is different. This is way different. I want you to come to Atlanta. We're going to put you in front of a camera. We're going to do like a, basically like the blind auditions where the judges are turned around, but they're not actually there, but it's like the, a step or two before that, which is, you know, not a lot of people make it that far in general. And I was like, well, Atlanta's three hours away. He's like, it's going to be two hours tops for the whole process. Once you get there, I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll do it. You know, that worked out and he goes, did the best possible best you possibly could today um we're going to send you into a room for an interview then we'll let you know so he's like he, he's like i can't tell you what's going on what's going to happen if you're moving on or not but we'll let you know if you don't hear from us by i think it was june 31st or july 1st or something like that if you don't hear from us by then then you then you didn't make it i'm like okay great you know? <laughs> so uh we're driving to houston for a show I get a call from an LA number and I'm like, I should probably take this. And this is like the day before the deadline. So I'm like, I had given up at this point. Like, ah, I haven't heard from him yet. It's not happening. Let's move on. Let's do the next thing. And uh, he's like, Hey, uh, we'd like you to come out to LA. And I'm like, boom, this is awesome. So, and That's then it great. was, it was fantastic. After that. I mean, such a phenomenal experience. Oh, I love it. I yeah, love it. And yeah, Stefani is a cool cat. I'm sure that was um, so much fun. And she's what, amazing. What would you say is your top, top tip that you learned from her? Performance. Just be on it all the time and go out there and just, uh, you know, every song, give everything you got because um, nobody wants to see you go up there and just kind of drag through it and you know and she was just I mean she was great she's like have fun with it too though I mean you, you know just don't make it be work don't make it be about your nerves like that's not what this is about we want to see what you can do as you not what you can do as a contestant 
Yeah. And uh, that was the coolest thing. I mean, and then, you know, her and Celine Dion together were just like, it was surreal. Experience, yeah. Oh, my I mean, Celine Dion's one of the biggest stars in the entire world. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and just, you know, my wife cried when she found out we were going to be working with Celine Dion. I <laughs> bet. I bet. I mean, how do you top that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure. You I don't will. know. If, I don't think I have yet. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that kind of takes me to a point where I want to ask you that. So obviously, at at some at the point where you left the show, obviously it didn't advance anymore. And from that time, going back to Nashville, was it really a great shot in the arm, or obviously it's disappointment, but. What did you take from that, you know, disappointment, but you're on The Voice, you're on national TV, you met Gwen Stefani and obviously Celine Dion, I mean, riding high from that perspective. What was your first thought when you got back to Nashville and what was that like? How do I keep this rolling? Right. <laughs> I keep doing this. And at that point, you know, up to that point, I had only been doing like acoustic gigs in uh in nashville and from that point on you know i was like all right now i gotta i gotta get my band i gotta find my band no matter what that is priority number one and write songs and um that's just i mean that's what we've been trying to do you know it, it takes a long time to really find the right guys to click and find the right songs and find the right people to write with we're finally getting to that point you know yeah how long have you been writing songs I've been writing songs. Well, I mean, if you count sitting around with my buddies when we were 12 years old, I've been writing songs for 22 years. Wow. Even, cool even super terrible songs that we wrote in high school. But, <laughs> but that's all part of the process and part of getting right. better. I mean, you don't start out being an amazing piano player. You learn chopsticks and then you learn chords and then you learn scales and then, you know, 20 years later, you're a virtuoso. <laughs> yeah. So going to uh, Ghost Along the Highway, which obviously is your new song coming out. When did you write that? Was that during the pandemic when you wrote that out? Or was that somewhere that you had sort of in the back pocket before the pandemic? It, it was uh, It was a little before the pandemic. And, the, you know, I'd uh, been writing a few songs. I'd gotten to write with uh, some pretty, really, like some really cool people. Mark Narmore, who wrote What I Would Love About Sundays. He's out of Muscle Shoals. I got to write with wow. him on a couple of songs. Um, Don Goodman, who wrote Old Red. Uh, I've written a couple songs with him. A couple of just some great people that, you know, you hear somebody play and you like their style. And that's when you want to, I'm not, I'm not someone who can just sit down and write with anybody, personally. I, I can barely write with myself. <laughs> um, so, but if I hear somebody playing a style of music that I'm like, okay, this is, I love everything you're doing. I need to see if we can do this together. You know, I've been able to find a couple of people like that. My buddy, Justin Cross out of Birmingham, Alabama. And then uh, Mike McLaughlin, my, my drummer and friend who uh, wrote Ghost Along the Highway with me. You know, we just, we just clicked on it. You know, what I do is I'm constantly just writing down one-liners in my phone and just saving them. So when I get into a, situation where i'm writing with somebody and be like okay i've got this i've got this i've got this and then i'll be like stop me if you like something and i had ghosts along the highway in there and he goes hold on that sounds neat what does it mean i'm like i'm not really sure what it means i just thought it i woke up and i had the line in my head i wrote it down i went back to sleep 
<laughs> we talked about it for a bit and uh, we decided that, you know, Ghost Along the Highway is about, you know, the highway is obviously like your, it's your life, your life trajectory, where you're going and the ghosts are kind of, you know, mistakes, uh, you know, maybe some regrets and things that have affected you throughout your life that are always, always there, always kind of influencing you to, to go certain ways. I mean, that's kind of what goes along the highway is about your, my, you know, our experiences through life and what we've done and, and how we're moving along and where we're headed. That's great. I, the art of songwriting is fascinating to us that aren't that creative in the process <laughs> and what you go through and come up with ideas and the craftiness and everything that goes along with it is crazy interesting and fun was which why we like watching people like yourselves as songwriters and musicians because you're just like how they come up with that I know and I can't <laughs> even imagine just being in a room with other songwriters that you respect and vibe with and how that process unfolds and then you have the finished product it must be the coolest feeling <laughs> to then hear 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 the song as a finished product and um uh that's a really neat process yeah absolutely and um you know a lot of the time when you're writing a song it starts out way different than how it ends um and what i mean by that is you know, when you're writing it, there might be different lyrics or different chords. Uh, you might even write it in a different style. You might write a country song and it end up being a pop song or, you know, vice versa. And it happens a lot. And it's it's really just fun. And it's amazing to see how they evolve. And that comes with, you know, especially with writing with somebody else, you can, you're getting their influences as well. And um, with Ghosts, I was actually surprised that it really didn't change a whole lot. You know, Mike and I wrote that song, I think in like two hours and which never happens for me. It's, you know, multiple two hour sessions and then going back and changing stuff or just maybe only getting through a verse. It's like, wow, where do we go from here? Did we finish the story already? Is it? <laughs> and um, with that one, we just, we kind of, we had the idea, we stuck with the idea. And besides maybe changing a couple words here and there. Um, and then obviously, you know, Mike producing and adding and all this instrumentation and adding harmonies and that's when it I, I mean obviously even that just from be, being acoustic to fully produced is a huge change even though it's not different right you know mm -hmm. does, does that makes sense yeah. yes <laughs> okay yes that's the other part of that process like I think we need to add cowbell to this that's, you know <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a out there but my point is so I think we need violate like I think we need it's amazing just the, the creativeness that goes into, like you said, from going to acoustic or piano or however you're writing that initial version demo to fully produced and how it comes out. Or maybe it's not fully produced. It just depends on, I guess, what's in your head and the vision you have for that song. It's it's crazy interesting yeah. and awesome to see. It's sure. I mean, even as a songwriter, I it's amazing to see other people write good songs, too. I mean, yeah you know just uh, we go to these songwriters nights and honestly that's you know i i had a few songs of my own um i got invited to play at the listening room here in nashville on a, on a writer's night and that's where i met justin cross we no, wrote another song to, and i he's sitting next to me and i'm looking over at him every time he starts playing a song and i'm like this guy is just gold this guy is fan 
fantastic. I need to be best friends with this dude. <laughs> and uh, he's like, that's weird. I was thinking the same thing about you. I'm like, well, then let's do that. Let's yeah. be, let's write some music and and see if we can do it. And we've written, a, we've wrote like a really another, it's going to be the next single uh, called Heavy Hands. And it's, that's, I'm excited about that one too. <laughs> And we haven't even started recording it yet. <laughs> okay, I was just going to ask. So after it goes along the highway, sounds like you're just you'll keep adding, and the goal is to create another album. Yeah. So the plan is, I was originally going to put out. Uh, so right before the world stopped, we um, we played on an NPR show called Red Barn Radio out of Lexington, Kentucky, and um, it was I think five days before everything shut down. Um, it was a Wednesday night and we're like, this was the next step, you know, at this point, we're like, this is, we're playing it, we're playing on NPR, national radio, they're recording it, so we're going to have a fully produced live album, ready to go in the can, let's produce the hell out of this and let's just, let's roll, let's get it going, let's tour if we can, like book as many places as we can, just get it out there. And five days later, everything shut down. We're like, well, <laughs> what do we do now? Right. So now it's just trying to get the ball rolling again. And so Ghost is hopefully going to be a big step in that. Uh, I'm hoping to get uh, Heavy Hands recorded and released in the next couple of months. Then we'll then we'll do the live album. And hopefully by the end of the year, I've got a new a whole full length album, which we're going to put on vinyl. See how it go from there. You know. I love it. Yeah, oh, that's, that's great. great. Especially the vinyl part. <laughs> Ghost Along the Highway is the new release today. Where can people go find your music? Man, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be on every streaming service. So Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Google Play, Rhapsody. Uh, you can buy it on iTunes. They've got all kinds of weird streaming services I've never heard of in other countries. And it's going out there, too. So it should be <laughs> everywhere. Uh, you should be able to, if you hear it, you should be able to Shazam it with your phone and find it how, how you stream music. And... Yeah, beautiful. And including some of your your older stuff off your E-Holy Hell as well is on there as well. So yeah, the EP's on there as well. Everybody go out and check that out. So that it, the last and final question is, what's, what's next for Kenny P? Next, we're recording Heavy Hands, working on, working on getting the album together. Where are you playing at right now in Nashville? There's a few places. I, we do a lot of out-of-town stuff. Uh, I played in Indiana a few weeks ago. You know, we play in multiple shows. I've got a couple shows in Illinois coming up. But here in Nashville, I played a place called um, Front Street Tavern in Franklin, actually, just a little south of Nashville. Um, haven't been doing the Broadway thing because, while it's amazing, and I was lucky to have the have the work, and it kind of just takes over when you're playing, you know, eight hours, 12 hours a day to really sit down and make make the time to write and record and, and really focus on on the dream. You just kind of have to take, I just kind of had to take a step back yeah. and, mm -hmm. and really focus. Really excited for you, um, Kenny P. And, and what would you say success looks like for you? What is your ultimate goal? I mean, the ultimate goal, just to travel around, play music and make enough money to, to support me and my wife and our two dogs and, and you know, just not being not relying on the next gig to, mm -hmm. to, to keep yeah. our bills right. paid you know uh maybe have a 
maybe have a few gigs in the can. So if we needed to take a break for a couple of weeks, we could do that. You know? But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need Garth Brooks's career. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Highest selling, highest selling artist of all time in any genre. But, uh, you know, anywhere in between what I'm doing now and his would be fine with me. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Well, you're well on your way there. Thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Everybody go find Ghosts Along the Highway. Look up Kenny P and um, we'll talk to everyone later. Thanks again so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to the B-Side Podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.